Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear.
Presbyterian out of a bagpipe-based service, but you can't always take the frozen chosenness out of a Presbyterian. So while they liked many things about that first worship service at St. John's UMC, people were very warm and friendly. There was a magnificent music program and organ. There were meaningful spiritual formation opportunities for all ages. There was one real hang-up that my mom had. You see, each week during the worship service, they passed the microphone around the sanctuary, and anybody present could stand up and offer a joy or a concern that had happened that week. Now, it's not like they were speaking in tongues or, God forbid, clapping along with the music, but she could not believe that they just let that mic pass around and let people speak as the spirit moved without any plan. And sometimes, as a newcomer, it can feel a little bit off-putting because you don't know the people and what they're saying. Maybe it made you feel a little left out or like an outsider. But my mom did get over the informality of the mic being passed with unplanned speaking. We all began to soften towards it. It was the church that we joined and made our church home that really became a second home to me as I was growing up. And for all of us over time, that joys and concerns part of the worship service really became one of our favorite pieces of what it meant to gather together in community and to worship. Because each week, people we knew and loved or maybe didn't know so well or were meeting for the first time were vulnerable. They shared what was important to them, and all of us were able to hold it together before each other and before God. It was set aside sacred time and space to honor what everybody was experiencing in community. So when I hear this text from 1 Corinthians that Amy just read, a very familiar one where Paul describes the church as the body of Christ, that we are members of one another, that when one suffers, we all suffer, when one celebrates, we all celebrate. I am taken right back to that sanctuary at St. John's, that place where people would stand up and say, this is the first anniversary of my wife's death, and I covet your prayers. And my niece just got a cancer diagnosis, and I told her that this community would be lifting her up in prayer. Thank you for praying for my job search. You all know I've been unemployed for a long time, and I just want to give thanks that I have a new job, and I'm starting on Monday. Sometimes a child would timidly raise his or her hand and say, guess what, I got an A on my spelling test. Thanks for your prayers. Now, we were also human, as all Christians are, and sometimes this practice could get a bit messy, go on for a long time. There was Carl, who was always a fixture at the church, and he got into a pattern about once a month of standing up and saying, I just want to give thanks to God that I've quit smoking, it's been two weeks, thank you for supporting me on that journey. And then inevitably, he would leave church early and go in the church bathroom and smoke, the pastor had to find out who come to Jesus with him and say, you just, you just can't tell us that every single week. It could also sometimes be a way um, for people to get announcements in that weren't actually prayer requests. Like, oh, I just want to give thanks that my son Brandon has found the Boy Scouts, and I just thank you, God, for the good business skills that they're teaching them. In fact, he actually has his popcorn sign-up sheet with him today, so if you want to buy that, just find us after church, and we'll be happy to make the sale. So we have the joys and concerns every single week, meaningful, humorous, revealing all of our humanity. But also in addition to that, once a month, 
there was a service where you could come forward and receive a blessing at the altar rail. Uh, so there'd be a time when you would come forward, do a meal, the pastor would come by and say, what, what would you like a blessing for today? He would put his hands on you and say to the whole congregation through the microphone, we give thanks that Kate celebrates her birthday this week and ask your blessing on this next year. My brother and I have the same birthday, four years apart, uh, so every year we look forward to when we could go up together and receive that blessing in community. When we celebrated, our community celebrated with us. When we suffered or mourned, our community suffered and mourned alongside us. These rituals helped me feel like I belonged as a young person to God, to this church community, and that my sufferings and celebrations matter to the body of Christ, and that the sufferings and celebrations of my fellow church members matter to Christ and should matter to me. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. From the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Last week, we introduced our new faith flow system. If you were here, you got this card. And it shows us where we are on our journey of discipleship, how we can grow in our faith in Jesus Christ, and how we can support one another in doing that as a, as a church community. If you weren't here last week and you didn't get this card, we have more on the North Act you can take. Uh, all of this is also online under Faithflow. But each week we're taking a deep dive into one of the characteristics of what it means to be a disciple. There are six characteristics we've named. Worship, connect, grow, serve, share, and give. A vital aspect of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is that we connect deeply with each other on a real soul level. That we become a place of vulnerability and support and care, of growth and accountability, of grace and forgiveness and unconditional love. And we say to each other, how is it with your soul? And we mean it, and we listen deeply, and we make space for each other. Glennon Doyle, who's a writer and a speaker, she's a Presbyterian, in fact. She is also a recovering alcoholic. And she talks powerfully about what happens in AA meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, the truth-telling, the sheer vulnerability, the honesty of laying everything out before each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly that's part of that process, and then finding acceptance and accountability in the midst of that confession. And as you know, many AA meetings happen in church basements. And Doyle says that it's a shame that she finds more often than not there can be more honesty and truth-telling with one another in church basements than there is in church sanctuaries where we put on our finest clothes, maybe we disguise our puffy eyes with makeup, and when people ask us how we are, even and especially if it's not true, we say, oh, I'm doing well, thanks for asking. One of her missions in being a writer and a Christian is to change that, to share vulnerably what's going on, to say this should be a place where we can really be honest with each other. 
Now you here at Sandy Springs UMC, you know that you don't need me to stand up here and tell you what it means to connect with each other as a church community and love or how to do it. When I first started a little over two years ago, some of you may remember that we had a series of what we called cottage meetings. Uh, in some ways it seems like a lifetime ago, but it was two years ago. And I gathered with groups of you, eight, 10, 12 people, and folks went around the room and we shared names and introductions, but also what do you love most about this church? How did you get here? What are your hopes and your dreams? And let me tell you overwhelmingly, what folks said about why they love this church is the way that people connect with each other, reach out and love with one another. Will Kiner said that in Sunday school this morning, right? That's what's missed the most is just sitting around tables, sharing stories, saying, how has it been with your week? That was overwhelmingly the answer from those of you here, and I have witnessed that powerfully over the last two years. I've seen it in action. We have just hired a new staff member, Brittany Morgan, whose title will be the Director of Community Connection. She starts on Tuesday, so we cover your prayers. When she was in her interview process and in her final interview, she asked those of us who were sitting around the table, what is your dream for this position? How can it help the church over the next five years? It was a great question. And Candace Johnson, our Director of Family Members, family ministry said, with tears in her eyes, which won't surprise you if you know Candace, but she said with tears in her eyes, she said, I see the way that people in this church who've been here 15, 20, 40, 50 years care so deeply and intimately for each other, how the relationships go deep and wide, where they are for the birth of each other's children and then grandchildren through relationships that were new, maybe struggled along the way, caring for aging parents and illnesses. And she said now to watch these relationships and these groups that have been together for so long continue to support one another when one of those spouses dies or a child has an illness, are present for each other's ups and downs. And Candace said, my dream, my dream for connection is that people who are newer to the church that are younger generations, that people who now have young children or youth or navigating young adulthood or single life or relationship struggles can form those same kind of bonds that go deep. And that those bonds begin to last through decades so that no matter what life throws their way, they know that I have got a community here that knows me, that loves me, and will carry me. You're in the process of preparing for our church council's annual strategic planning retreat where we set goals for the next year, do some evaluation. And we met with the man who will be facilitating the retreat, and we were talking about questions that all churches are asking in a COVID world, sadly not a post-COVID world yet, one that continues, and how every church is responding differently now to the needs that are before us, that those needs look different than they did two years ago. And he said, which is no surprise to us, right, one of the great needs that we have in the world that was true before the pandemic, but that the pandemic has really put into stark relief is that people are lonely, are seeking deep kind of soul connection, are struggling with mental illness, 
want to be rooted in a community where they can be themselves and know other people and grow. And so Lisa and I were meeting with him and we said, listen, that is a gift that our community has that we have heard named over and over again and that we have seen. What a gift that that is part of this church's DNA and that is what our world and our community need right now. So I think one of the big questions before us is how do we leverage this gift? How do we share it more widely with newcomers, with people who haven't been here as long, with our neighbors that we don't yet know? We're excited that Brittany's coming on staff to help lead teams of laity to deepen the connection both internally and externally, fostering connection among our members, helping connect visitors and newcomers more deeply into the life of the church. One of her primary goals will be to create some systems where we welcome new people here, have adequate follow-up connections between folks who may be new and have been here a long time, and help people move through this discipleship system so we all grow together. Because friends, we have so much to offer. A connection to a community that offers the good news of Jesus Christ, not just in word and in worship, but manifested in the ways that we reach out to one another. We can model this for the world that needs it, that showing up for and with each other, and none of this means that we are a community that's perfect or that is unified in all things. I was at a gathering on Thursday with our bishop and our district superintendent and some other clergy, and she in fact read from uh, 1 Corinthians, a, a different part of the book. Um, but she said Paul was writing to communities, church communities that had some conflict and trying to help them remember how to be in relationship with one another and move forward. And our bishop said, look, without church conflict, there would be no New Testament. So she said, it's been there from the beginning. It's who we are. It's where we are. But keeping our eyes on the mind of Christ keeps us unified in all things. A church is imperfect. John Wesley said, though we may not think alike, may we not love alike. This is what Jesus embodies, what he calls us to embody. And what Paul writing to that community in Corinth knew as we know, all these years later, that what we do share at the heart of who we are is one shared baptism in Jesus Christ. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. And each one of us, friends, each one of us, in our diverse God-given gifts, Paul tells us, has a vital role to play in community. We are all needed. We all need each other. So let us reach out. Let us reach out to one another, to our neighbors, to our community with that great gift of connection, so that the world may know that through Jesus Christ, the members of the body may have the same care of one if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. May it be so, friends, on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. 
For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.